This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com A husband and a wife were having a little bit of a disagreement. The wife turns to the husband and she says to him, I want to take our son, who's turning three, I want to fly the family to Yisrael, go on Lagba Emer to Meron, give him his upshare over there, it's going to be beautiful, the family will get together, we'll do this, I feel such a connection to Rib Shimon, etc., etc. The husband turns to her and he says, I'm sorry, honey, it sounds beautiful, but we cannot afford it. It's not happening. End the story. Can't afford it. So we're not going. So they go back and forth, and the wife's like, no, we should go. You don't understand. They feel such a connection to Shem Hi, We should go, we should go. The husband's like, listen, we cannot afford it. End of story. Nothing to talk about. Game over. Over. So I was talking to him about it, and he says to me, listen, I'm right and she's wrong. Because the end of the day, we cannot afford it. So there's nothing to talk about. You could say whatever you want, blah, blah, blah. It's beautiful. It's very nice. It's beautiful. We cannot afford it. End of story. So I want to share a machshava. I think it's an important machshava. It's a machshava which is over, often very overlooked. The Pasuk says that Klai Yisrael stands at our Sinai ke'ishachad belevechad. One people. Now, Imagine this scene over there. You had 3 million people. You had 600,000 men between 20 and 60. A total of about 3 million people standing at a mountain. One man, one heart. How is that possible? How is it possible you had so many people standing there and just, wow, feeling of achdas and it's beautiful and it's wonderful. So I was recently sitting by a wedding and I hear two people talking. And one of them sits there and he says, you know, I just can't stand. And he starts listing. Hasidim, Svardim, Lubavitch, Mizrahi, this, and modern Orthodox. I mean, the guy just starts listing every group of clients. So he's like, I can't stand these people and those people and these people and those people. He just lists everybody. His friend turns to him and he says to him, you know, it's actually very interesting. Because when I look at those groups of people, I actually think it's so beautiful. And he starts to list. He says, Hasidim, they have a Rebbe. They listen to him. They do things like it was in the Alter Haim. They have a connection to how it was. The Messirah, it's so beautiful. Lubavitch, it always reminds me about Kirov Rechaikim and Mashiach. It's beautiful. Mizrahi, Kedusha Seret Yisrael, they really remind me always to don't forget your connection to Eretz Svardim, Emunas Chachamim, Kedushas Pesach Knesses. And he literally goes group by group by group. And he's like, and I learned from them how to work on my Midas, and I learned from them this and that. And I was sitting there and I was like, whoa, these two people cannot be any different. <laughs> Person one is like, everyone is terrible. Person two is like, everyone is different. But there's a beauty within the difference. Klai Yisrael stood It's a metaphor. The metaphor is an ish, is a man. A man is comprised of many components. These components, the heart is the heart, the brain is the brain, the kidneys are the kidneys. They're all very different. They're unique. They have different roles. They're totally different. You put them next to each other, they look different, they feel different, they act different. But at the end of the day, what Klai Yisrael recognized when they stood at our Sinai was we're ish, we're one person. You, you, I'm the hand, you're the head, you're the foot, whatever. We're all part of a unit. 
And that unit, every component is necessary. And if something is lacking or, or, or missing in one of these units, then it hurts the entire unit. That's the achdas that Kla Yisrael had. They recognized that every organ has a place and a time and a feeling. And that you are just one of many, but really one of many of one. Of a klal, of a whole. And that's a beautiful thing, and that was what they felt at Harsinai. We often talk about shalom bias. The word shalom is shalom, is complete. Because the Gemara says that before a man is married, he's not complete. He's incomplete. It's only once you get married that you're called an Adam and that you're called complete. Because you recognize that what you bring to the table, what she brings to the table, are two, two halves of a whole. Men tend to look at things very intellectually, very practically. Women tend to look at things more with the emotional lens. And it's a beautiful thing. Because a man will see things as black and white, and a woman has a lot of different colors, a lot of different shades. And it's wrong for one to think that because you think things through with your half of the brain, that you're right and the other one is wrong. Because you think things through logically, doesn't mean that thinking things through emotionally is incorrect. She might say, we have to spend time with my family, and you'll say, but we cannot afford it. Who's right? The answer is you're both right. It's only when you put those two together that you recognize the value of spending time with family as well as the value of being fiscally responsible. It's those two concepts when they, when they act together that you have shlemas, that you have shalim. If you're just thinking to yourself, well, this is how I do things or this is how my brain works, then you're not married. You're not utilizing marriage. You're not understanding marriage. You're not seeing yourself as a half of the puzzle. You're not seeing yourself as a part of a bigger picture. You're just seeing yourself as a part. A part is not complete. It's incomplete. You're not seeing the whole thing. And I think this leads to two things. Number one is a concept of practicing positivity. Of seeing the good in other people. Primarily your spouse and your family members. And maybe even a higher level than this, is there's a concept that goes as follows. Hashem tells Moshe to tell Paroi, around midnight, I'm going to take Bnei Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. He tells Moshe it's going to be at midnight, but he tells Moshe to tell Paroi that it will be about midnight. Why? Everybody knows why. Rashi, the measure, everybody says, because Hashem said, maybe their calculations of midnight will be off a few seconds, a few minutes, they're going to say, oh, Hashem, who's supposed to be perfect, said that it's going to be at midnight. And it's going to be off a few minutes in their calculations. They're going to be wrong. And therefore, they're going to look at Hashem and say, Hashem, you're wrong. You're a liar. Everybody asked the question. I don't understand. Hashem is the kol yachal. Hashem is perfect. Hashem knows, listen, I'm right. You're wrong. There's nothing to talk about. Right? It's at midnight. I'm, I'm God. I created this world. I created time and space and all these beautiful things. I know what time it is. It's midnight. I don't care what you guys calculated. It is midnight. Why does Hashem care for all of their calculations being wrong by a minute and they're gonna, they're gonna say, hey, God, you're wrong. 
Why, what does Hashem care? And he changes it. Ka'chatzais instead of ba'chatzais. I think the answer is very simple. Per- perception in a relationship is very important. Perception in a relationship is key. And what you do and what you say, that makes the other person look at you in a certain way. It, it, it's the difference between the person respecting you and not. The person taking you seriously and not. And Hashem said, I know I'm right. There's nothing to talk about in the world. I know I'm right. I created time. I created space. I created everything in this world. But if they think that they're right, then they're going to look at me, God, Hashem, as different. They're going to look at me as imperfect. Even though I am perfect and I know I'm right. But all the psukim that talk about how Hashem says, Laman, river voice, Mavsai, all my wonders and everything will be glorified in Mitzrayim. If Mitzrayim, even though they're the ones who are wrong, if they look at me and say, oh, God is wrong, then there's going to be something missing in the Gula. In all of our relationships, it's the exact same way. It could be dead right, but you're dead wrong. If you don't appreciate what your spouse brings to the table, if you don't practice positivity and putting these things into the relationship, then your spouse will look at you just a little bit differently. Successful marriages statistically have like a four or a five to one input of positivity versus negativity. When you realize that what your spouse brings to the table is golden, seichel and regesh, two halves of a whole. When you look at how you treat yourself, meaning your spouse, because you are two halves of a whole, how, how you say things, how you react when something they say or do is not exactly to your liking. That's when you start to have shleimas. Marriage is shalom. Shalom is shalim. Shalim is complete. You're two halves of a whole. And when you practice positivity, and when you're mach of your spouse, their opinion, their values, what they say, what they think, what they feel, then you take your level of your marriage higher and higher and higher. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.